Welcome to the Lift Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and this podcast has been created to provide you with inspirational and uplifting content to help you level up in life. Join me while I interview amazing guests from around the world who share their highs, lows, successes, failures, tips and advice to help you along your own journey. I am also sharing my own transformation process with you while I am on the road to becoming my ultimate self. In this podcast, you can expect all things mindset, health, fitness, spirituality and personal development. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Lift Yourself Podcast. I don't know why, but every time I go to record, there always seems to be some kind of lorry, workmen, some skip getting dropped off at the neighbours and they just turn up as I go to sit down and record at the mic, but I'm not going to delay recording this intro I'm just going to get on with it and I hope when I listen back you can't hear the outside noise because the Yeti microphone that I use to record this podcast is really sensitive and it can pick up like so much background noise and I don't want the audio to be unpleasant for people to listen to but in saying that I'm I'm just gonna continue with recording this intro because it's important that I get it done and I get it out on time. So this week I was joined by Nora Wendell who is a relationship and dating expert, completely different to anyone that I have had on the podcast before but I absolutely loved her energy. She's all about female sexual empowerment and in this episode we talk about relationships, we talk about healthy relationships, toxic relationships, what to do if you are in a toxic relationship We talk about dating, ways in which to ensure that you are expressing what it is that you want when it comes to dating and ensuring that you aren't putting yourself in a situation to be hurt and one of the things that Nora shares is the importance of communication when you're dating and also when you're in a relationship. We also spoke about leading with pleasure and a lot of feminine energy was discussed in this episode and I think the feminine energy is so vital in every area of life but especially when it comes to our dating life and embodying that. We also spoke about Nora's new book which is called Confidence, Sexy and Wildly Free. So this episode is high energy, there are a lot of tips, a lot of advice for you to take away whether you are single or whether you are in a relationship. This is an episode you do not want to miss if you want to improve the relationship that you have with your current partner or if you're open to improving your dating life whether you are new to dating or whether you are have been dating for a little while and and haven't quite found what it is that you are looking for in a partner this episode is so juicy and I loved I love Nora's energy completely so I hope that you find it useful. I hope you enjoy it as always and I will speak to you soon. Welcome to the podcast Nora how are you? Hi, I'm absolutely fabulous. I've just drunk a wonderful matcha, so I'm feeling the energy and the heart opening. Wow, amazing. Whereabouts in the world are you? Bali, Indonesia. Unreal. How how are things there? Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of... 
happening, but other than that, the sun is shining, the beach is here, palm trees, you might be able to hear some birds in the background. It's a little bit, you know, tropical. It's definitely better than where I am in England right now. <laughs> so what would be good for us to start off, Nora, is a background into who you are, what it is that you do, and how you've got to where you are right now, please. Uh, how much time do we have? Okay, um, so... I'm Nora, and I ultimately teach feminine magnetism. I teach women how to find their self-worth and their self-confidence, and then how to get the love that they truly desire. And so I call myself a dating relationship expert, but what I actually teach is feminine magnetism, because you've got to look at what's happening underneath who you think you can or cannot be if you desire to have a conscious and healthy relationship, because we're so conditioned by our parents our primary caretakers, our schooling system, our society, our culture. And ultimately, we all just want to be loved, but we don't know how to get that love. And so my story started when I had a panic attack at 24 in the London underground, and I had chronic anxiety for over nine and a half years. And I didn't want to take pharmaceutical medication, prescription medication. So I kind of went on a personal development journey being like, why do I have this fear? Because anxiety is nothing but something. You're fearing something in the future that hasn't happened yet. And it like paralyzes you and it keeps you small. And I wasn't who I wanted to be. So I had to figure out why was I stopping myself? Why did I not feel safe? Why did I not trust myself to be confident? And that is like a little bit of my background story. Amazing. So how did you start to understand the ways in which you were feeling at that moment with the anxiety, how did you separate that from it not continuing to take over your life? Well, when so again, so anxiety is a fear that something's going to happen, okay? And so I had to stop and be like, what am I actually afraid that's going to happen? So for me, because I had my panic attack on the London Underground, uh, what happened to me was like, first of all, claustrophobia, anything which was closed, I thought that I was going to, you know, the brain went into panic mode, it went into fight uh, or flight mode. So then your heart starts beating. So then I had to be like, what was it that was causing this reaction in me? And then not only that claustrophobia, but I had all these other fears that something would happen to me if I was alone. And so when I realized that, I would, that's what made me have codependent relationships with men where I was just clinging on to them and couldn't let go because if I was with someone, I was going to be okay. But if I was alone, I'm going to have anxiety and panic attacks again. And this is actually one of the reason, reasons I started studying and diving into relationship dynamics and conscious communication uh, and inner child reparenting because I had such terrible relationships myself because of my anxiety and fear of panic attacks coming on. So the first step is always, well, what are your fears? And why do you think that's going to happen? So really just questioning my fear is, you know, I'm going to be alone. Something's going to happen to me. So what's underneath that fear is I'm not going to be okay alone. Mm-hmm. And building your inner confidence to believe in yourself that you're okay. Even if you are, even if you aren't in a relationship, you'll still be able to achieve your goals get through life it's not going to be the end of the world I do think I love what you do and your message because I do think many women particularly in society were almost like led to believe that we need to find a partner and stick with them and settle and quite often women are in unhappy relationships or they feel it could be a toxic situation that they don't know how to get themselves out of or they worry that there's nothing on the other side of that that is better for them and I guess for the 
let's start for a starting point. What would you say is the definition of a healthy relationship? And how can a woman begin to attract that into her life? Where does that start? So a healthy relationship, the foundation of a healthy conscious relationship is actually communication because you cannot get to know your partner on deeper intimate levels unless you have an idea of what is going on inside of them, aka inside of their head. So a part of what I teach is very much emotional intelligence. Can you identify your feelings? And maybe it's a surface level feeling like anger, but actually underneath that anger, there might be like 10 other sub feelings. And maybe the very root of it is like you're feeling guilty, which is why you're feeling angry. So emotional intelligence is really getting in tune with what's happening in terms of feelings and emotions. Because when you really think about it, our whole life is navigated according to how we want to feel. That's how we go about life. And so understanding feelings is the key to actually conscious creation, you know, manifestation. And so you cannot know your partner if they do not share with you what's going on for them. Otherwise, you're just making assumptions. And assumptions is the number one relationship killer. It really is. So this is where you then need conscious communication tools to understand how you start sharing with your partner, how do you be a good listener instead of, you know, lots of couples bigger and fight because they, they both feel like they're not getting heard. Mm -hmm. So how do you actually hear each other? So those are kind of the foundational tools. It's like emotional intelligence, understanding what's going on for you, using com conscious communication to start sharing those. But how do you encourage your partner if someone's in a relationship and they're willing to improve the level of communication but their partner might be resistant to that how does the that person encourage them to open up a little bit more well it's very difficult to try and change anyone so you can only be the example and so you can just start sharing from your side you know when I'm with you um, and uh, I'm talking to you on the sofa uh, after work and you've just got you know the soccer or football blaring on tv and you're staring at your phone I'm noticing that I'm feeling a little bit rejected right now so that's something I would quite possibly say, you know, if I lived in England and had a TV and all of that. And so you just start sharing what is going on for you. And it's, you have to understand there is no blame in this world, okay? It's always we have our own belief system and value system. And when those are challenged, that's when we feel like, oh, it's the other person's fault. But it's actually, it's only because we value that so much ourselves. Yeah. And so you can't say to your partner, I blame you or you did this. There, there's no such thing as it. Yes, they might have done that, but unless it challenged your belief system, you probably wouldn't even have noticed that they did that. So you can then use conscious communication. It's like, I'm noticing that I'm feeling, right? That's really personal responsibility. I'm feeling this welling up of emotion, which feels hot and it's making my heart beat faster. And I'm noticing my throat closing. I'm just going to take a breath now. And I've noticed the, the impact of what you just did is making this feeling arise in me, okay? And then you can say, I'm noticing that my belief system around, you know, spending quality time together in the evening is currently be, being challenged. Are you available to talk about this? Yeah. So instead of finger pointing, you're like, this is what I is, I'm feeling. This is current my reality. I'm sharing it with you. I'm noticing that I have a value around this and I'd really like to talk about it with you so that we can be there together. Because what is a partnership? It is partnership. It's two individual people coming together because they choose to come together 
and then deciding how can we make it work. And that doesn't mean it's always going to work. You're, you know, you can make requests from your partner and he can say no. But then using certain tools, you can understand that there, there, there's a redirection. So instead of him just going, no, you can say, okay, I'm not available right now in this moment. Or when I come home, I'd really like 15 minutes in front of the TV, uh, looking at my phone, and then I'm available for you. Mm, I think it requires like a level of emotional maturity from both people, but also compromise because when, when you get into a relationship, if you've been single for a while, it's solely been about you, hasn't it? Like the, the focus has been you. Then when you part, have a partnership with someone, you have to consider them, their beliefs, their feelings, their emotions. And you have to have a level of compromise in order for a relationship to work. So if somebody likes sitting in front of the telly scrolling on the phone, but not engaging, and then your partner might be more of a person who values quality time, you have to bring it to the forefront don't you otherwise it's just going to manifest and grow and grow and it's going to it's going to cause resentment if you don't talk about it right it's going to cause resentment and that means it's going to stack resentments are going to stack and then finally one day you're just going to burst out and be like you did this this and this and i feel unappreciated and you don't love me anymore and that, 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 right it's going to turn into an ugly fight and, and then your partner's just going to be like what do you mean I don't understand? Because you've never talked about it when it was a simple little emotional charge until it blew out of proportion. And mm. then they don't even remember what, you know, what you're talking about. Well, how in terms of kind of like healthy relationships and, and developing a relationship with someone, quite often there can be a number of red flags at the beginning of a, of a relationship that we choose to ignore or overlook for whatever reason, whether it's you've got you, you're in this love bubble or I don't know, you're not seeing things for how they are, but how can a, a person begin to take notice of red flags, have the confidence to trust their intuition and what can they do about it? So red flags are certain, you know, there's certain ways that, you want to be treated in a relationship. And so I always suggest my clients to make, uh, you know, a dream relationship and a dream man list of like, how do you feel within the relationship? How does he show up for you? And what does that cause you to feel? How do you show up for him? Um, and then, you know, obviously nobody wants to be abused, whether it's emotional abuse or physical abuse. And, and a lot of, um, let's call it like traumatic relationships or uh, relationships where there, there's um, some form of abuse, whether it is small time or big time physical abuse, it comes because you haven't looked at your inner stories around your childhood. And if you have grown up in a um, environment which was abusive, you will tend to go back into that environment as an adult because your brain is trying to recreate your childhood, painful childhood experiences, because one, it doesn't know any better, so it doesn't know what else to recreate. And two, it's quite possibly trying to heal that for you. We all have unmet emotional needs, physical and emotional needs from our childhood. There's about 21, and no one parent can give those to us. So no matter if you had the most amazing childhood or not, we all have unmet emotional needs. And those will rule our adult life. And you're, you will have like three-year-old temper tantrum throwing in our children, ruling your adult life. And so 
knowing red flags, knowing what works for you, what, what doesn't work for you, but being aware that you might be attracting the same kind of relationships because of how you were brought up in your childhood. And that's what then therapy can look at. That's what working with a relationship person, like I love the neuroscience of love and the psychology of attraction because our brains, uh, our reptilian brains are the ones that guide us into who we are, we, we are attracted to in our partners. And it goes for people who are similar to our parents, both the negative and the positive qualities. So once you become aware of that, that's how you can change subconscious programming into conscious choice. Mm, I, I spoke with a trauma expert recently on the podcast and we were talking about that, how people will subconsciously seek out relationships that are familiar to what they experienced as a child as a child, what they witnessed and were exposed to, because it seems to be the norm. So until that person is willing to recognize I need to break this cycle it's just going to continue if someone has experienced trauma as a child or abusive relationships or unhealthy relationships what advice would you give to that person to get them to not blame themselves and put a lot of blame because I think it's quite common when relationships end and obviously you're going to know better than me that a person might blame that this is all my fault the relationship ended because of me I attracted the relationship because I didn't notice the red flags and you can go down this downward cycle of like basically self self blame so self blame is part of the inner critic and I love talking about the inner critic because I call it the negative itty shitty bitty committee because it's always there and you're never going to be good enough for that. And it's always asking you to work harder, be smarter. You're not good enough. And the inner critic is we, it's the, the, it, it wants us to succeed. Okay. So if you can think of your inner critic as actually it loves you so much, it really wants you to succeed, but it is a mixture of every single time your parents or your teachers or your friends said you can't do that or you shouldn't do that it is a mixture of everything from your kind of childhood because ultimately your parents wanted you to succeed as well and so they told you off or they told you you can't be this you can't be that because it was according to their belief system and their values and so self-blame is an inner critic i could have done better i should have known better so what i learned from my anxiety journey was self-compassion really just being so kind to myself because I'm going to be with myself always. Do I, do I want to be hating on myself for the rest of my life? No, I had nine years of like really bad self-hate of blaming of like, I should be okay. Uh, look at all those other women out there. They're so confident and free. Why am I like this? And so I always ask my clients and I have a current client right now who's very much in this self-blame cycle. And I'm like, make a list of everything that you've learned because we don't exist in a vacuum of just one singularity. There's always a negative and a positive. Atoms have negative and positive. We, there's, there's always contrast. So to, to know what you do want means you also know what you don't want. So if you've experienced what you don't want, you can create the most magical idea and visualization and list of what you do want. Mm. You can always see things in that light. Yeah, switching the perspective instead of just being in the blame mentality. Because once something's done, it's done. You can't change the past. So why continue to beat yourself up emotionally and, and, and mentally in regards to what is what is done? And in terms of relationships and 
making relationships work do you think there are just certain people who aren't compatible or do you think that people can be compatible and work together with that level of like communication and awareness i think there are people who are not compatible for the simple reason they might have different values and belief systems and different priorities in their life so when you do come into a newer relationship it's really important to talk about your relationship vision what do you want for this relationship? What are each of your individualistic values? For example, me and my partner, our top two values, uh, I would say three, are emotional intelligence, conscious communication, and clarity. And they were the same for both of us when we talked about this. And so we knew our relationship was actually going to work. Whereas, you know, if, if my partner's top value was, let's say, family, and my other top value was uh, freedom and travel right that might not be able to be so compatible because maybe he wanted to then and it, then you have to define what family means for him because maybe it means family traveling well then that might work but if it means no i want to buy a house and i want to sell down and i want to have 10 kids that might be in direct opposition to my value and how i want to live my life which would be like not have any kids maybe and like international travel all the time so really look at what are your top values in life what what makes you feel uh, alive and passionate and what you want to strive for so that when you come together or if you're in a relationship now have a talk about your values but how soon is it okay to have those types of conversations particularly if you are in a relationship and you're dating someone but you can see it potentially growing into something more quite often we don't want to kind of look too forceful and too like keen so when is the right time to start bringing these conversations in if a person's got an awareness okay these are my values these are what I prioritize and I value the most in life how do they bring that into the, the person that they're dating well I think there's also a very interesting way that you can date because some people date just for like the heck of it and the fun of it and some people take dating very seriously and I had a few friends here in Bali um, and it was even the pandemic so it wasn't actually like in you know, IRL dating in real life dating, it was like, they were meeting via like calls online. And she was just so super clear in the first match on whether it was Bumble or Tinder or whatever she was using, that I'm looking for a long term partnership. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so when I was single, and I was kind of like having my fun, I was very clear that this is what I'm currently doing. And so there's no, there's no like disappointment from either party. So the answer is like, when do you share it? Well, as long as you're clear on your, you know, mission for dating, um, then I don't think like my partner now told me on the second date, which was the night after we had our first date, that he wanted to be in a committed relationship with me. So like, is that too soon? What is too soon? Who decides what too soon is? Yeah, I love that because it's kind of just going off like, a set rule an unwritten rule that's just not actually there it depends on the two people coming together and what feels right and I think it, like with dating it's an energy exchange isn't it so if you feel something with that partner and you feel comfortable to share it it's having that awareness and then saying I think we, we are so afraid of having our hearts broken because you know we're we're so pain avoidant okay we're loss avoidant and any sort of trauma is actually a loss a loss a grieving of something that we wanted and then was taken away from us and there's big trauma and there's little trauma and it's all it's all kind of the same in our system in our body and when you're in a relationship we're so afraid of rejection we're so afraid of being abandoned we're so, so afraid of not being loved for who we are which is why I do so much and I teach feminine magnetism 
inner work of really understanding who are we, what is our belief system, how are we functioning, where do our fears lie, and what were our childhood experiences that formed our belief system and our fears and, and our subconscious programming. Because once you've understood this, there's so much internal clarity that when you come into a relationship, it's just, it's easy, it's effortless as long as the other person has also done the work, which is what happened when I met my partner. We've both been doing inner work for a number of years. And you will realize that when you meet someone who hasn't done the same level of inner work with you, you're not interested to pursue it with them because why would you? You want someone who's on the same level as you. You don't want to be the teacher necessarily. I used to be the teacher for so many men. And I just said to the universe, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. I want somebody who's at my level, who has my level of emotional intelligence, my level of conscious communication skill, because then together we can go grow and co-create co our desired reality. Yeah, completely. One, one question that's come to my mind. Do you think it's quite common for a woman who is let's say like an empath or she's um likes to help people like to be a, a bit of a, a light for others is it common to attract men who almost are unhealed trauma haven't healed from trauma past relationships is it a thing that we <laughs> we attract those types of men or is that just a belief no i i actually think i've seen it happen all the time with some of my friends actually not only here in bali but worldwide and you know a lot of men have a mother wound so a lot of women have the father wound and a lot of men have the mother wound maybe their their mother was emotionally unavailable a lot of women uh, go into the caretaker role in their childhood too. Maybe their parents weren't, uh, you know, emotionally available or physically available. Maybe they had so many siblings that they are like one sibling that their parents were working all the time. And so they had to take care. And so they, they, they take on this role. And unless you become aware of it, it just continues through your adult life. And with empaths, I think it's, you, you, you know, you with an empath, you really take on other people's feelings and sensitivities. And you just really need to understand to separate this is not mine. This is someone that someone else's feeling. And if you're not aware of that, then of course, you're going to be attracting a man who wants to be mothered and nurtured and taken care of because his mommy wasn't there for him, or he didn't have the nurturing bonding support which is zero to 18 months okay when you're younger um and so he's his brain is trying to recreate that for him so he can get what he missed out on mm, definitely and then when you do the inner work and you have the level of awareness you're able to pick up on the signs aren't you from the beginning i want to talk a little bit more about this feminine feminine magnetism have i got that right yes what is this work because i'm really interested in tapping into the feminine energy and i know you've touched on it a little bit um but i i think the feminine energy is a lot more powerful than we've been led to believe so talk me through a little bit more what you do with that yeah when i think of feminine energy i think of like grace elegance beauty receptivity inspiration intuition nurturing so those are all really like aspects and qualities of the of the feminine it doesn't necessarily mean you have to wear a dress or put makeup on no they're more internal qualities that anyone you know even a man can possess feminine qualities but when you as a, a woman really decide to embody your feminine life kind of becomes effortless so if you're struggling in life right now if you're feeling stuck if you're feeling stagnant inside if you're always on the go 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 i can tell you right now that you're more in your masculine energy and you might be thinking what the hell like why am i feeling this way 
try some femininity practices. You can massage your breasts. I love that. That's one of my favorite femininity practices. You can create some space instead of doing, being, right? Mm -hmm. Run some baths for yourself. Buy yourself flowers. Ask yourself, how can I create more beauty? Are you embodied? A lot of women who are more in their masculine tend to, you know, numb out feelings and like disconnect from their body including your period like are you tracking your cycle are you simply like on birth control so you don't have you, don't, you just forget about it no it's part of being a woman you know our womb and our cycle is how we create it is the power of creation we have and modern society thinks it's a nuisance so we stuff a tampon up there we take the panadol or we are on birth control so that we just forget about it because mass that society thrives on masculinity of moving constantly forward but when you embody your feminine aspects you can attract a really conscious and healthy man because there's a polarity and the polarity naturally will attract and that's like the magnet Mm. and the feminine flow of like creativity dancing I love dancing in terms of getting into the feminine feminine and just connecting with your body because we are so disconnected as women aren't we like we live up here in the minds like even like men we're all in the head and we need to get into the body more like into the heart and the other energy centers so I, I love that and I for so long was living in a masculine energy and sometimes like I fall back into it because I don't know whether it might be my blueprint of just thinking this is how life's meant to be so I have to be more consciously aware of the fact that the feminine is important and there's a time when I need to focus more in on the feminine and one of the things I'm doing at the moment is leading with more like what's bringing me pleasure like leading with pleasure as opposed to I'm going to do this to get pleasure at the end it's like it's bringing me pleasure in the process I love that and chapter five in my book which I'll talk about in a second is called P is for pleasure. And literally, I just say, how can you bring more pleasure into your life? How can you exactly what you said, lead with pleasure? What are your pleasure practices? What are things that bring you pleasure and do them in the morning or do them throughout the day? Because we're so conditioned. No, pleasure is for after work, right? They're not, they're not compatible. They're not combining. But what happens if you get rid of that idea and, and be like, no, everything can be pleasurable. So I also talk about sensuality because sensuality for me is an aliveness and it's an enriching of your, of your being. And that's where I bring in some tantric um, uh, practices, which is just like, how do you use your senses to feel even more alive? And that's kind of what I do with, with, my, with my ideas and philosophies of Tantra. And so a woman is naturally sensual, but she's like afraid of that. So she pushes back, she, she avoids that because it means she has to feel. The women, women's hearts, that's our positive pole. We are feeling creatures, we are feeling beings, okay? And that's where our energy goes outwards. And for, for the man, it's in his penis. The penis is his positive pole, right? And so that's how we circulate energy in tantric practice, sexual practices as well. Um, and so 100%, I love that you're prioritizing pleasure. And I think it's only been like a recent thing over the past couple of weeks, but I'm noticing a difference in my energy shifts and how I'm feeling and just going completely into the feminine but how can a person bring pleasure into dating life because we live in a society where it's like oh are you single um like I feel like it can be frowned upon at times as opposed to oh well this person's single but that is that's their choice or 
it's better than being in a toxic relationship. So how can a person bring in pleasure if they are single into their dating life? Well, I don't think you need to make a separation whether it's like in your normal life, whether it's in your dating life, you just live a life of pleasure and you will attract more pleasure, okay? That's how the universe works. Like attracts like. Whatever you focus on, like if you wanna buy the new BMW car, all of a sudden you're seeing all the BMW cars. Yeah. So if you're focusing on pleasure, all of a sudden you're noticing all of these opportunities for more pleasure. It's the same thing. So you don't need to be like, okay, so let's separate into dating life or not. You gotta embody who you wanna be now and, and the key to that is feeling those things now. Wow. Yeah, that's, I love that. That's so true because you are just it. It is you. It's not separate. It's not split yeah. sections. Amazing. So let's talk a little bit more about the book then. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So fun fact, I wrote my book in five days last year. It just came as a total download. I sat down and in one go, it was done. And it's called Confident, Sexy and Wildly Free. How to own your worth, ditch the self-doubt and not give a fuck what other people think of you. And it's a story of my anxiety journey and my personal development, but it's eight chapters and it's called, I call it a playbook because it's got journaling questions. It comes with a whole digital resource library with videos and EFT, emotional freedom technique, meditations, and a whole bunch of things because I am taking you through step-by-step, step, ultimately, how you can find your feminine freedom because that was my nine-year personal development journey. And so it's launching today, 8th of the 8th. So go on, it's 99 cents. Go hop onto Amazon, type in Nora Wendell or Content Sexy and Wildly Free and purchase a copy and purchase a copy for one of your girlfriends too. We need more sexy, confident, empowered women in this world who are navigating their world through pleasure and their femininity. Hmm. Well, how does a woman reach that point where they feel sexy, confident and free? I love that question. It's a feeling. It's a knowing embodied feeling. Okay. It comes, it's, it's, I call it like inner radiance. It's because you've looked at yourself. You've looked at who you want to be and who you are now. And then you've looked at what is stopping you in the, in the middle. And then unraveling that and doing the inner work and looking at your childhood experiences, looking at your belief system and your limiting beliefs and your fears and understanding how powerful you actually are. And these are some of the processes I, I outline in the book. So who do you wanna be as a woman? So ultimately we all wanna be confident, sexy and wildly free. That's why I titled my book this way. And who are you now? And what is stopping you in the middle? And the book is literally how you go from who you are now to who you want to be and it's not like it's not feeding facing those things because we all have shadows we all have work that we need to do and it's not shying away from that I guess isn't it because if you just try to bury something or su suppress something it's just going to show up and manifest in other ways isn't it and so I was just gonna say 100 percent because for the simple fact that it's like Everything is energy. We are energy. The table's energy. You know, internet is energy. It's all energy. So energy doesn't actually disappear. It changes state. It changes form. An emotion, a feeling, a thought is simply energy too. So if you're suppressing it, it's just going to come out some other way. Mm. But what about if a person has just, um, they're recently single and, or they've been, maybe they've been single for about a year and they know that they need to do some of this inner work to bring up their energy. Would you advise that person to do the work that they need before they start dating or can they just or 
can they date as they are healing and doing the inner work? I think you can do both. And I, I, I do think that the more conscious and aware you are before you start dating, the easier dating will get because you're going to understand your, uh, your attraction, you know, your subconscious attraction programming. You're going to understand how to recognize red flags and how you're trying to recreate certain environments uh, from your childhood. At the same time, being in a relationship is a mirror to the work you need to do. So I don't advise not being in a relationship, but I just advise do kind of start a little bit of the inner work process before because you don't also want to hurt the other person okay you don't want to you know cause harm or cause uh, emotional um uh, harm i should just say whether it's emotional physical harm to another person i'm a very big believer in non-violence whether it's self non-violence or external non-violence so i do suggest doing a little bit of internal searching and then I, but I don't say don't date while this, it can be your choice. You get to decide whether or not. And just know if you do start dating and are in a, in a relationship, you might be triggered as fuck because it's a simple mirror of what's going on for you. Mm, I come across a quote, quote recently, which is if you don't heal your past, you'll bleed on your future. So I think it is having that awareness of like recognizing what was, what needs to be worked on. And if you can leave from pleasure, I guess, when it comes to dating and do it from a fun experience, excitement, joy, and, you know, all of that as being a woman, then do, then, then continue that dating, I would say. But if you think it's going to start to create more of a burden and affect you even more internally as you're trying to do this inner work, then maybe hold back but I guess it comes to that person's level of self-awareness and where they're at 100% so the question might be like how do you start becoming aware of yourself and it's asking yourself the right questions and this is literally the questions I have in my book simply like who do you want to be mm. and then who am I now like that's a simple question where you can start well, what are your desires why do you think you can't, why do you not have them yet, right? So it's asking yourself the right questions, or as one of my mentors always said, the deeper questions. And that's how you begin the journey of self-awareness. And one of my favorite things to always ask myself and my clients is what's underneath this or what's underneath that? Because so much of our life is surface level, but then we have worlds within worlds of depth of oceans within us. And so I'm sitting there listening to a client and she's like, oh my God, I'm so angry at my partner and what's going on. I'm like, okay, I get that you're angry at your partner, but what's really underneath this? Yeah. Okay? And then she'd be like, okay, so I'm angry because, and I notice I'm always angry at him because he leaves his dirty underwear on the floor. And I'm like, okay, so you're angry because he leaves his dirty under underwear on the floor. But what's really underneath that? Okay. And then she can get to her value system, her beliefs. And maybe she was like, has a trigger because she grew up, let's say in an orphanage and she always had to pick up the underwear and it just reminded her that she had no parents. Like, I mean, we are so vast inside of experiences and stories. So whatever you're experiencing just on the surface level does not reveal what's truly going on. So that's one of my favorite questions. You can ask yourself, what's underneath this? Mm. And one of the things I like to do as well is always think about like my next level self so the next level version of me who I want to become how would she deal with this situation so whether it's a good a good situation or a difficult situation how would she show up what advice would she give herself how would she present herself to the world how would she allow herself to feel and then it helps me with navigating around what I need to do that day 
hundred percent. So I like you say the next level version of yourself. I always say like the higher self or that mm-hmm. ultimate ideal version of yourself. And I, I do a lot of NLP, which is neuro linguistic reprogramming. And that's just how the brain, the language of the brain talks to itself. Um, and it's very much, I use it in terms of embodied feelings. So I understand I want to feel confident, but I don't feel confident, but I understand what confidence is. So I use NLP to bridge that gap. And there's a whole technique where you see that future version of yourself, but you embody the feelings and you create a new neurological highway in your brain, which you trigger by an anchor where it's snapping the fingers or going, yes, or like punching your hand. And then whenever you do that, it's a new pathway in your brain and you literally embody that version of yourself. Mm. And that version of yourself is always present. So you can always ask yourself, am I walking towards that version of myself who I want to be or am I walking away from her? Yeah, I love that about the NLP because I'm fascinated yeah. with the brain and the power of the mind and yeah. the emotions and the feelings with what you want what you want to experience. And I think it was Tony Robbins when I come across who did that who said about like doing some kind of movement, whether yeah. it's like a clicking your finger and then you just oh, yeah. see this person because it's knowing that she is within you, that confident, sexy, powerful, wild yeah. woman is within you. Yeah. You've just suppressed. Yeah. Here, so it's how you allow her to be free and give you a totally to embody her. Totally, totally. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think within society, it is it is expected for a woman, some a woman sometimes to just almost like sit and look pretty, and almost like the trophy wife. Like that's that's your role, that's within society. And a lot of us can fall under that umbrella, can't we? Where we feel like we have to fit up to, to um, meet up to this ideal. I think it really comes down to so a lot of people you can you so if you're feeling like the trophy wife or if you're feeling like you're not good enough, okay, it really comes down to this idea of how do I want to explain it? Um Yeah, it comes down to the foundational longing and need that we all have, that we just want to be loved. And we think we're not going to get the love unless we're that kind of person or that kind of woman. And so then we create the internal pressure and the inner critic goes crazy because it's like, we're not going to get the love. And when we were children, no love meant no, not surviving. Like it was as simple and basic as that. So our reptilian brains, the first part of our brains that form are so survival conscious and will do everything it can to keep us alive. And it equates to love. And so we keep that in our minds, in our subconscious minds. And so if you're feeling like the trophy wife and it feeling like I'm never good enough and I have to keep getting the plastic surgery and I keep having to get the more expensive jewelry and the car and all of that, underneath it is the not good enough syndrome. I'm never going to be good enough until that. And that will never stop, mm. right? And, and so it, what's actually underneath that is, I just want to be loved and accepted for who I am. And if you're feeling like that, that that's the ideal you've got to meet up to, are you more likely to attract a man who desires that in a woman? I don't think that would be the case. I think that's, you know, up, 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 in, up in the air, depending on like, where you live like you might be living in India but you're like living in the poorer area but you still have that ideal or you might be like in you know the Caribbean where there's more multimillionaires so it's like really dependent on your environment also um and it is the energy you give out though but are you going to be attracting a conscious and uh, healthy masculine man probably not you'll probably be attracting somebody who 
um, you know, is superficial. So it really depends on the type of relationship you want. And there's nothing wrong with having a superficial relationship if that's what you want. Mm. And if that's what you want, I'm not denying you your desire. Just get clarity on what you want and why you want it. Yeah, definitely. What, what about in terms of self-sabotage as women where whether we do that because we feel like we aren't good enough or we don't, we aren't worthy of having something and we almost kind of sabotage what it is that we, who it is that we are and what it is that we've created. Self-sabotage comes because somewhere along the line, we aren't, we aren't born with the idea that we're not worthy. It's taught to us and we've internalized that feeling. And this is why the foundation of my work is inner child experiences like what happened in your childhood that formed this belief that you aren't worthy whether that comes out in like being weight conscious or whether that comes out in I'm not smart enough all of them come down to like I don't belong I'm not appreciated I'm not worthy I'm not loved like those are the basic kind of like um fears that we have if you really deconstruct each every other fear okay and so self-sabotage is 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 the idea that you can't have what you want because it doesn't feel safe. So safety plays a huge role in our lives as women, also for men, but we're talking about men, women right now because when you don't feel safe, you will do everything you can to feel safe, including sabotage something that might be good for you. Because remember, the brain functions and scans the environment for survival and any experience which it thinks is gonna be a threat to survival it will then go alert, 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 retreat, sabotage, whatever it is, including an experience which your conscious mind might be like, this is totally fine. For example, a big launch and all of a sudden you get sick, okay? And you're so sick and you're like, oh my God, I'm in the middle of the launching. I can't believe I got fever and chills. That's a form of self-sabotage, okay? You might be up-leveling yourself. You might be like doing things, but your brain's like, it's not safe. Mm. Sabotage this. Because the brain only works on past experiences. That's what it does. So anything that is, resembles something that was painful or lost in the past, it's gonna, the alarm bells are going to go off. How does a person break out of that cycle then if they're in the, in the habit of self-sabotaging, but also if it is more subconscious and it's the body? Well, if it is more subconscious, then it's really looking at your experiences and your belief systems that forms it. And that's how you bring to light your subconscious programming. I actually have a four-part self-sabotage stopper here in my book. I just have to find the page where I wrote that. Here you go. Four-step self-sabotage stopper. One, catch your self-sabotage. And self-sabotage are patterns that keep repeating in your life. So write down a list. What are my patterns, okay? Tell yourself, number two, tell yourself you are safe and can move forward whilst loving your inner child because it comes from a past experience. I just told you that, okay? So one, catch yourself sabotage. Two, tell yourself you are safe and can move forward whilst loving your inner child. Three, look at the underlying belief or fear that may be causing the sabotage. So you've got a belief or a fear there. So be like, okay, it's not safe to earn more money, maybe. It's like, if I earn more money, people will take it away from me or rich people are greedy. For example, if we go back to the launch example, okay? There's an underlying belief or fear. And then you can unravel the belief or the fear. And I talk about how you do that in my book. And then number four is move forward with kindness and compassion towards yourself. Be like, I understand that you're self-sabotaging and I understand that you just want the best for me and you're coming out of protection and love. And I just want to tell you that I am safe and this is truly what I desire and what I want to create. And I get I have the belief system, but I don't want to believe that anymore. So let's create the new belief system. 
So that's the kind of four stages I go through. Mm, I love that. And it's almost like building a trust with your intuition and your inner self, because when you can then talk to yourself in that manner, calm yourself down and almost like rationalize things, connect with the intuition, it helps you differentiate differentiate between like what is a red flag and what is like, okay, this isn't good. So why am I trying to, you know, sabotage myself and bring myself back to what is familiar and is it because of the element of safety which is it's massive isn't it it's huge it's huge i want to ask you a little bit more well a few more questions around it um, and any tips that you would give for a woman who is going back into the dating scene or yeah let's start with that one first going back like new on the dating scene what tips would you give well, have a clarity on what you desire and what you want. Do you want to just mess around? Do you just want to have fuck buddies? Are you looking for a boyfriend? Are you looking for a long-term relationship? Have clarity because without the clarity, you're just going to get into messy situations. And for me, clarity is one of my top three you know, uh, values. So ask yourself, what am I doing this for? Is it because I'm lonely? Is it because the pandemic was here? Is it because I, I'm afraid of being alone? Understand your motivation and reasonings. Then get clear on, once you know your motivation, be like, okay, well, what am I actually looking for in a man? What kind of man do I want? So get clear on that too, because it will help you in filtering out. Like you have to think of it. The dating world is full of different types of people. Mm-hmm. So is your man going to be on Tinder that you want? Is he going to be more on Bumble? What about Hinge? What about Raya? There's just so many things. Are you going to meet him at somewhere local now that the world is opening more up? So you can be like, instead of just be like, ah, I'll just go back onto Tinder, whatever, you know, think about it a bit more consciously. What do you really desire? Then be very clear in your profile. Like who, like when you look at a profile, well, what would your ideal man or the person you're seeking want to know about you? Okay, and what kind of relationship do you want to create? So I did a lot of, when I was single, I did a lot of experimentation with different profiles because I was curious and interested who was I attracting according to these profiles. And then don't necessarily meet up with them first. Have a, see if you can have a conversation because usually 95% of men will filter themselves out through the conversation because they can't hold a conversation. And so if my value is communication, I'm not going to go put my time into going to see someone if they can't even hold a conversation via messaging. Yeah. And then go, go on the phone with them. Take it one step further before meeting. Actually call them and have a conversation with them. Um, because again, you interpret so much in a message. Okay. Whereas if you're actually talking, there's less room for interpretation and then just be willing to meet lots of different people. When I was single, I was just having so much fun because that's what I wanted to do. And then ultimately I had, I went on a spiritual and sexual plunge and I was just like, I'm not seeing anyone. I want my energy back for myself. I've had fun for four months. And guess what? Two days later, I met my partner and we're in a committed relationship. How did you meet him, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, sure. We, he, knew, he met me about a year ago already, but he was in another relationship. And then he left Bali, he went back to England uh, to be in lockdown and, you know, in the middle of the pandemic there with his sister's family. And then he just got back 10 days. And then he was just like, oh, who, I wonder who's still in Bali. And he saw my name in one of the WhatsApp groups. And he was like, oh. I remember Nora. Oh, she was very interesting. So she, he followed me on Instagram and I'm very big on Instagram, by the way, come follow me on Instagram. I've got lots of amazing dating and relationship and self-worth and confidence tips on my Instagram. And it wasn't until I went onto Tinder that night as I was about to delete the app because I'm like, oh yeah, I don't need these apps anymore. And he popped up on the profile, the first one. And I'm just like, oh, didn't he just follow me? 
And then I struck up a conversation with him. And then within you know one week, he already asked me, he made me wait a week to actually meet him. Uh, and I'm just like, I'm so used to instant gratification. What do you mean next week you want to meet me? And so we were just messaging and voice noting and calling each other. And then when we actually did meet, it turned into a seven hour date. And uh, I still was not doing any sexual intimacy and um, because I just made that promise to myself. Uh, and then the next night, he was just like, I'd love to be in a committed relationship with you. And I was so touched and I went to sleep and I thought about it. And it was just a full body. Yes, because there was such clarity because we had both done so much in our work for years. Mm. And that's the, when you know, you know. Yeah. And the energetic match because you've both spent the time. You know, I, just, I love about that story, how you were like, right, I'm taking a step back. I'm just doing the inner work. I'm focusing on my energy, my sexual energy. And then you've just magnetically attracted them into your life. Yeah, because, you know, in all honesty, for, from January till about, you know, last month, I was what I call the ethical slut. I was enjoying myself because I'm like, why not? All of last year, I was in an open relationship too, because that was, I was just like trying things out. I teach relationships, I teach dating. So I guinea pig it on myself. I'm like, what's interesting about this? How can I approach this? What is the different methodologies? And yes, I live on a smaller island but it doesn't mean that's not applicable to women worldwide. And so I use myself as like a little experiment. And so I'm like, I was like, and I call it ethical slut because everybody knew what I was doing. Whenever I was with a new man, I told them that this was my intention and this is what I was looking to have fun. And yes, I was seeing other men also sexually. And so everybody knew. So there was nothing to be hidden. And whoever was with me at that, whichever man was with me at that moment, was fine with it and was like, yeah. cool, that's okay. And that's what makes it ethical because there was nothing shameful about it. I was open and honest and I was communicative. Mm. And you had that level of awareness. So you were confident in terms of knowing what you want, communicating what you want. And you were in, you had the power. It's not like you felt like you were having to be something you didn't want to be. You were doing yeah. it. And, I, and I wasn't afraid of rejection, right? Yeah. I'm like, this is, yeah. this, this is it. But if you don't want that, I'm not going to take it personally. Mm. I get it. That's not what you want. Fine. Yeah. And I think it, it does all link back to what a person wants and going back to the point of what do you want from a relationship or what do you want from dating, getting clear and then not accepting anything else. I mean, obviously not having like complete tunnel vision where you close yourself off to possibilities because like you said, meet different types of people because you yeah. don't know who you're going to connect with. Yeah. But having that clarity, you'll be able to notice red flags, be confident in letting go of the red flags and keep proceeding forward with your energy. Exactly, um, exactly. Is there anything else from the book that you think would be good to share with us today that was kind of all, almost like give us another piece of advice around the topics we've been talking about? I'm just having a look at my book right here. And I think really for me, it's understanding that we really just want to be safe, okay? And understanding the brain. And I'm going to say it again because it's so important. Our brain is constantly focused on survival and the safety of our survival. And so um, think about in your life, where do you not feel safe? And maybe it is with men. And then why is that the case? Um, and, um, and then because I had anxiety for so long, I didn't feel safe. And so that's safety is such a big part of my life. And whenever I talk about safety in women, they're just like, wow, I never even thought of it like that. But when I think to the times I had the best relationships or the best, whether it's a love relationship or any kind of relationship, it's because I felt so safe and secure in myself and in the environment. So really go and like think about and, and the title um, of the chapter in my book is called It's Safe to Be Me. 
Uh, I think I'm gonna have to get this book because it just sounds amazing. So I'll have to I'll have to buy it and have a read. Um, what I'll do as well is I'll link your details in the show notes to your Instagram and the book too. So if people are interested, they can just read the show notes and have a read. But what is next in store for you, Nora? Obviously, you've had a really busy year. <laughs> so good. Um, so what's actually next? Right after the book launch, me and my partner, Ian, are um, creating, we're launching our program we created, which is called Deeper in Love. And it's for couples who want to experience deeper levels of intimacy. And so we're teaching things like uh, conscious communication. We're teaching how to never have a fight again. We're teaching how do you create trust and safety within a relationship. And we're teaching also tantric pleasure practices and how do you worship each other? How do you create a devotional space for each other? Because a relationship without physical intimacy means you're just kind of friends and you're hanging out. And so there's all these different layers to a relationship which we're teaching. So that will be launched on the, around the first week of September, probably around the first to the seventh of September. So if you're in a relationship and you've been intrigued by anything that I've been talking about, you know, slide into my DMs. It's at Nora Wendell. You can find it in the show notes. And then right after that, I'm relaunching my signature group coaching program, which is called the School of Feminine Magnetism. And it's a 12-week group coaching program where literally month one, which is, you know, four weeks, we dive into your love wounds and how do we clear them? So looking at your past experiences around love from your parents to all the men in your life. Month two is cultivating your feminine magnetism. How do you become a sensual and erotic, embodied, fully alive woman? And then month three is how do you create a healthy, conscious relationship? So that's the next program that I'm going to launch. And yes, it's a deep dive program. It's three months long because ultimately you have to think about what's my commitment level to becoming the woman that I want to be in the relationship of my dreams. 100% and I'm all about investing in yourself to level up and to reach your potential. I think it's necessary. And um, I love that. I love that you're doing that type of work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you can see how and hear how passionate I am. I love talking about relationships and self-worth and like, you know, how our brains are controlling our realities. I feel like you just embody it. You embody what you do. Like you, you just blow it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, and, that, and, and, and that's the truth, right? Because I've done so much inner work for so long that I just understand it and I understand myself and I allow myself to feel the things but the thing is Nora that the inner work never ends does it oh my god no you just <laughs> understand more of yourself on deeper levels and it gets easier and it gets quicker to process in the beginning it might feel like you're in this like quagmire and it's smoky and it's dusty and it's muddy and you're like I don't want to be here get me out and then <laughs> It, it, it kind of clears yeah. and then you're like you can see things immediately I'm like oh look I'm getting triggered by this because my dad said this to me oh look boom 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 and then you're like cool two minutes later done and dusted you've done the inner process work yeah fabulous thank you so much for your time Nora <sighs> thank you and thank you listeners I just want to tell you you guys are all doing so much more amazing than you think you are you've totally got this and I am supporting you even if I don't know you personally Oh, I love that. How can thank you so much? <laughs> thank you.